Okay, guys, welcome to this morning's Wealth Creation Show. Afternoon, actually. Afternoon, <laughs> I was just going to say it's afternoon. Might be, might be a bit later there, Jim, but I'd say, yeah. I'll tell you what, it's, this is all about uh, the 10 biggest investment mistakes to avoid. Uh, let's just uh, deal with the elephant in the room this morning. Uh, the panic and the chaos that's happening right across the board about the pound dropping against the dollar and dropping yeah. so much significantly against the euro and uh, the FTSE market is crashing and it's like well wait a minute let's let's look at perspective here let's look at perspective. I, I was reading a fantastic book the other day called alchemy by rory sullivan the marketing genius uh, ran ogilvy actually who uh -huh. did the red bull campaigns and all the rest of it sold red bull which nobody likes in a smaller tin at a premium price to a market that's now the setting biggest drink in the world. That's mental, eh? Yeah. But it, he says what happens is if you base everything on logic and facts uh, and you, you you don't actually, you lose the ability to actually recreate or create anything new um, because you're all basing it on logic and facts. Um, but in actual fact, in order to get the, you know, in order to reach new markets, in order to reach new heights, in order to reach new destinations you've got to think completely different so silly ideas and his organization is actually welcomed uh, and it is actually you know i could i could agree with that 100 um, percent here's a classic example look at the footsie this is where everybody panics right now and they're going oh my god the footsie by the way i'm buying opportunities there definitely <laughs> look at, this is this is today and in the face of it uh, no this is actually Here's the here's today on the face of it, and you'd go, oh my God, the food sales out of a control. Uh, look at that. Look at how it's dropped dramatically. But look yeah. at it over a five day period. Look at over one month. Look over six months. Look over a year today. Look over a one year. Look at that. See, one year ago. Yes, yeah, yeah. Exactly the same figure right here. Uh, look over a five year period. Uh, excuse me, there's kind of no difference <laughs> um, to it as it was over five years. So why are we panicking? Why is, why is everybody losing their minds? Because I was just going to say that, Jim. Why, why is everybody panicking then? The media is hyping this again. Yeah. Uh, look at the long-term investment in the FTSE, the maximum. Look when it first started. Look at that huge gain. You've got drops, fair enough, and all the rest of it. We're going to be talking about the 10 biggest investment stakes to avoid. If you know somebody... Tag them in this, share it with yeah. them as well. Hit that like button. Give us some comments. Ends like that. This will give more social reach. People need to know about this, about the fact that this this so-called um, um, almost uh, cost of living crisis. Yes, it does exist for some people, but it's not as dramatic as we should think. Uh, and this is the this is a classic example as I took you through here. Uh, Footsie, Footsie, as it is the now. Uh, there's where I bought, by the way. Um, and there, and there's where I bought round about here as well. Um, so as soon as it happens, things like that, as, as calamities happen and markets crash, I immediately jump in and buy at these levels because I know, guess what? It recovers to this. Every single time. And it still gives you a 4% return on average every single year, the FTSE 100. So why would you need to worry about that if it gives you a return every single time? Uh, and actually... It moves up in value every single time as well because you're buying at the right point. Now, this is key where we talk about buying the right point. I am not a financial advisor here. So take that into account. I, I'm only giving you my opinion of what I've done before and my track record and experience. That's all I'm doing. Uh, the, the past is in the past and there's no future in it. Think about that. 
Um, so it, just because it's done in the past, it doesn't mean to say it's going to happen in the future. Does that sound familiar as to what's happening right now? Yeah. Let me let us look at the euro and the pound against the against the against the pound here. So we'll jump on the euro here. Uh, I've got it in here. So here's the euro. Uh, there's the one day now. It immediately started dropping, uh, and everybody was starting panicking. Uh, but it's recovered. That's mm -hmm. one. That's one day. That's this morning. So this morning it dropped like a stone, and everybody's on the news right now. If you watch BBC News right now, there's a huge panic going on, and it's like, wait a minute, it's recovered. It's back where it was. So why are we panicking now? And that, that's all the space is. That's in the space of one day. That, that that's not even the space of one day. That's no, in the space of eleven. That's in the space of eleven hours. Yeah, eleven hours has caused mass hysteria and panic, and it's right back to where it was. Uh, let's look at over five days. Let's look over one month. Let's look over six months. Let's look over year to date. Let's look over one year. Let's look over five years. Oh, it's exactly back where it was five years ago. <laughs> See that? Yeah. Do you know what happens though? The great thing about this is it makes our exports more attractive. So we can export more to other countries, which makes more money for us. It does mean that if we're relying on other people to buy in from other countries, it yeah. makes our raw materials dearer. But that just shows us that we should produce more of our own stuff in-house and we should mm -hmm. keep it within our own economy. Rather than actually relying on everybody else around the world to do that, because they're not going to affect us for us, but it makes our exports more attractive. So therefore, it's cheaper to a country to buy buy from us now it's cheaper for tourism for people to visit the uk from america and from europe as well because their their dollar and their euro actually goes further, goes further. yeah yeah so we'll attract more tourism we'll also attract more exports because of it because it makes it cheaper and they're talking about putting interest rates up to six percent next year in order to combat that why because this is all about the past and what they do in the past thinks that they've got a reflection in the future. And what they don't realise is now, we've never had a time where unemployment has been at record lows and interest rates have been at record lows as well for so, so long a sustainable period. That's never ever happened before. We don't have much reserves to buy our currency, but they're falling on old patterns of behaviour in order to do this. Um, and that will damage our economy overall. So. Do we have the right people in government? Do we have the problem? Is the government is run by lawyers uh, uh, listening to economists? Yeah, they have no idea of commercial reality, what a business needs and what they need to sustain. They all, it's just, it's all based on facts and figures. And I talk about a lot, but there's sometimes where you've got to think completely different. Um, and and here is a classic example. Um, so, sorry, Richard, you were about to say something. I was just going to say, it's interesting when you say that, Jim, and also um, whether it be like the cost of living crisis or what, we're, what they're discussing this morning, it's funny how it's always hyped and the panic and things is always media-driven, and that's what's behind it. Um, basically, basically, 11 hours. Like, literally, three hours that we've got up this morning or four hours we're up this morning, and, and there's a mass panic, and the euro's back to where it was three hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, it's that, and I've seen snippets said this morning and things as well as I've been uh, working away and obviously without obviously listening completely to the full story or like you say Jim looking at it like you just uh, broken it down there the now then people are automatically 
it's like the the um, you know, that mentality they're going to listen to what's on the news and really maybe that's not completely accurate. So take everything you're doing with you with a pinch of salt, please. Uh, definitely, that's my advice. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about this. Is why we're going to talk about this subject today. Um, this is actually a really good one. Yeah. Eleanor Roosevelt, the first lady of the United States from 1933 to 1945, said, "Learn from the mistake of others." You can't live long enough to make them all for yourself. See what's happening here? See what we're doing? See how we're doing this? Um, it's a great piece of advice, and it's equally relevant to investing, where mistakes can cost us financially. So what better way of learning than taking some tips from an experienced investor already? People have done it yeah. before. This is, you know, when I talk about my experience and my track record, what I've done before in the last 30 years, it's only because I've stood on the shoulders of giants have come before me and I've learned from them and I've used their information to adapt to where I am today in order to help me invest for the future. That's that really in a nutshell. Yeah. So, so, and, and that's why it comes back to that Eleanor Roosevelt quote about learn from the mistake of others. You can't live long enough to, <laughs> to make them all yourself. So learn from others. I tell you what, it's costly making some of the mistakes for yourself. So if somebody's done it before, why on earth would you want to do it again and prove the same point? That's what I was just going to say that, Jim. The mistakes that you make on your own will end up being very costly ones and they take they take up a lot of time as well. So it makes sense to listen to people who have done it already, learn from their mistakes rather than make your own. You ever heard the point where you said, I did this and, uh, and, and it just didn't work? And and then you go, oh, I have done that before as well. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody's used that at some point. And and a lot of people out there will think that as well, where they've actually said to someone, or they it's been the experience either either they've said it to someone, they've said it back to them, or or they've had it said to them and they've said it back to them, and it's like, all right, okay. So so my advice would have been if I if I had asked you first and said to you, I was <laughs> realised. Yeah. You could have just said to me. Well, I did that before, actually, and this is what happened. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> so, I must admit, the value investments can go down as well up, as well as rise, so you can get back less than you actually invest. If you're not sure about seeking investing, seek professional independent advice on this. Albert Einstein once said, anybody who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. But when it comes to investing, you really don't want to make any mistakes at all. After all, it's your money that's at risk. Um, maybe other people's money as well. The OPM, 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 other people's money. Yeah. Uh, therefore, any help and guidance on avoidance of a few mistakes is, is always worth taking. Um, so here are the 10 top tips that experts actually advise um, and, and a few trip hazards as well. We're going to put our own spin on this as well. Um, yeah. Now, geez, um, I think the first one, what, first one for me is obviously buying past performance. Um, this is a classic. Uh, this is actually what I've just spoke about the now. Uh, this is, a, you know, a, a, the past is in the past and it shouldn't be a reflection of the future. You should learn from it, but you shouldn't actually do the same thing because it's not exactly the same thing on the face of it. On the macroeconomic side, which is the bigger picture macroeconomics, and the microeconomic level, which is the minute detail of economics, it's not exactly the same. As I said before, it's we've never had a time where 
um, unemployment has been so low, record lows, and, 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 and inflation has been kind of where it is now, but it's been record low for a long time. And also, what we've got is interest rates are at a record low as well. So, you know, that that's never happened before all at once. So on a microeconomic level, you've got to think to yourself, you know, your, your bigger picture stuff won't probably work on this. You've got to think a wee bit more creatively in terms of where you are. So here's a classic example of this. Just like you don't drive, like driving a car uh, and, and you're looking into a, the rear view mirror, you should always look ahead when investing. That's probably a great analogy. Yeah. Funds that did well and funds that did well in the past, property that did well in the past, um, gold that did well in the past, silver that did well in the past, crypto that did well in the past. It's not doing well now, is it? I've not had one person contact me about crypto in a long time. Um, it will, so funds that did well in the past will have a reason for doing so. That doesn't mean to say they will do well in the future as well. It's natural to seek that mental comfort of buying something you've previously done well, but be careful in doing so. There's a reason why you are told past performance is no guide for the future returns. And that's just what you said about people looking at the past performance of the pound and things and in, in comparison to how it might perform today. And that's what they're basing that on uh, in the news. Yeah. But they're basing it on past performance rather than thinking ahead. What do you think number two is? Um, I think in believing in star managers or, or star fund managers, yeah. as you say there. Yeah. What do we mean by that? Let me tell you what we mean by that. It's all these guys, the, the, the dare I say, the foos. <laughs> possibly, possibly it's worked really well for them in the past. And foos, fake gurus, by the way, for anybody out there. And possibly it's worked well for them in the past. They've been a shining star in the past, but it's no reflection of what it should be in the future because they have to really have a fantastic track record. But I always think to myself, and I've got taught this wee, wee phrase, it's make sure they eat their own cooking. Mm -hmm. In other words, do they actually invest in what they are trying to teach everybody else? And that's yeah. what that's what star fund managers are. You know, they're maybe great at predicting and they've maybe fallen on great times. They maybe understand the market as they now. But do they actually invest in what they invest in and what they're teaching as well? Do they actually do that? It's reassuring to know that, are, 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 you know, when you think about it, our savings are being overseen by a person that has that exceptional skill in picking stocks and shares. But in real life, there are very few, if any, of these stars actually in industries, in the property market, in the shares market, in the currency market. You know, I, I know fantastic currency traders. I know there's, you know, when I went on a currency trading course, now, I'll be honest, currency trading, if I wasn't doing property, I'd be doing currency trading. But was concentrating. These people were just leaving it all automated because they put autobots in place and stuff like that. It's no nothing to do with. Um, it's nothing to do with the transformers when I talk about autobots. <laughs> <laughs> they had actually put automatic um, buy and sell points in place, and what they did is they they actually bought and sold currency on this on the spot of currency. Now, when we look at one point one nine euros they're actually trading on the after the point nine so they're actually trade they're actually trading on the the point zero zero one level the third decimal point that's how they trade 
And what they do is they make a few hundred pounds every single day on the currency market. And what they're doing, they're in and they're out a few hundred pounds every single day. And over the year, they're making a hundred thousand a year and they're sitting on a beach in Spain. Yeah. It's amazing, eh? But you've got to be really good at doing that. Mm-hmm. So there's the the exceptional performance is probably down to their investing approach currently uh, being popular um, rather than being uniquely talented. Exactly what I said. Very few investors can uh, investors can maintain excellent performance through their whole career. So it's probably n- not best to uh, slavishly and uh, slavishly and um, follow those managers who are uh, uh, most heavily idolised. Um, so, do you mean by that, like, obviously we've got, um, I mean, depending on what industry it's in, but say property investment and things, you will have prominent figures who you see all the time on ads and things like that. I mean, is it always wise, is that what you're saying, is it always wise to follow them or do you think maybe they've they've maybe got to a point where mm, you might need to watch what they're advising you doing because it might not be yep. the way of things now? So when you see an ad and you're an advert, you've got to think to yourself, they're selling you something. You're selling, yeah. They're not giving you advice for nothing. I know we do this, but but I'll be honest, you know the upsell of this is we'll attract the right investors, we'll invest in property with us, yeah. and then they'll use our services. So that's, you know, for the purpose yeah. of full disclosure, that's why we do the Wealth Creation Show. But ultimately, I'm, I'm no bothered really who watches this or listens to this, because you know yourself, all this content will go down for my generations, my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids, and they will watch this and learn from this. Some of them will, some of them won't. Some of them will be broke for the rest of their life because the way they think. But it's, hopefully, uh, this content will be in place and it will still yeah. be timeless content because what we're doing here is not relevant to this point in time. It's relevant to a year now, uh, two years now, three years now, four years now, five years now, 50 years time. This content right here will be completely relevant to people in 50 years, 100 years, 1,000 years from now. Yeah. And yeah, and it's a good bank. Mm-hmm. It's a good bank of knowledge. And um, when I speak to investors and, and people who are new to investing or even current invest, I know, oh, Jim and I spoke about that on the Wealth Creation Show, or mm-hmm. other guys spoke about it on the weekend show, and I send them the link. Um, and it's a good, it's a good bank of knowledge to have um, yeah. these shows. So very few investors can actually maintain this track record. And so so it's probably, and I know people idolize them, but they're they're in the media for a reason because yeah. they are good at marketing themselves yeah. and they're trying to sell you something at the end of the day. There's always an upsell. When you see when you see somebody on a show, the, the next thing comes out is they've got a book out. You know, yeah. and if you think it's worth it, yeah, fair enough, buy the book. I'm not saying don't buy their book, that's how they're making their money. Because I used to be quite cynical when I was really young. I used to be like 15 year old. I used to look at these books and they used to say how to be a millionaire. And I used to, I okay, write a book on how to be a millionaire and sell it to everybody and you'll be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's how cynical I was. But once I got my eyes opened and I started to realize and my thinking came up to a different level and I took that, you know, that glass ceiling off my, off my thinking in mm-hmm. terms of where I was, um, I, I began to realize that it's like, whoa, wait a minute. A lot of this content is actually completely relevant. I don't need to do what they're saying, but I, I could learn a lot from them and actually adapt it to my situation. Um, so that's how that's how I did it. And it was purely just the fact that I started to realise it adapted to my situation. So believing in the start fund managers is great, but make sure they eat their own cooking. Yeah, the I think if they, as long as they could demonstrate that what they're advising actually works and that they practice it themselves as well, I think to a certain yeah. degree. Practice what you preach. Yeah. It's what it comes in, you know, are you invested in it? 
No, but why would you want me? Why would I invest in it? It's like, <laughs> it's it, probably another one out of that is um, watch for people like, uh, you know, when um, managing directors, when directors buy shares in their company, um, it's more than likely they are quite optimistic about their company's results. Hence the reason why a lot of people keep an eye on that when managing uh -huh. directors, because it has to be declared, not private companies, but public limited companies have to be declared to the market when they buy large chunks of any stock in their in their um, in, in the company that they work for. Um, when they actually sell stock as well, it also has to be declared. And there's only certain windows of opportunity they can actually do that because it goes into a time where it's a conflict or it's maybe it's maybe insider information if they buy and sell, so they're not allowed to buy and sell at, at, at specific times of the of the year based on their accountancy um, on their accountancy dates um, when they're getting their accounts done and put together. So they can't buy and sell in, in particular times of the year. But outside of that, they can. And uh, and if you watch for that, that usually gives you a good idea about whether they're quite optimistic. After all, if they're buying huge chunks of their own stock and investing their own money. What would it say about the fact that their belief and where they think they're going to go? Um, but then again, it's not a sign of future reflection because I've known people to buy huge chunks of stock in their company and the next year it was no longer here. They've lost everything. And they've done it to manipulate the market. Yeah. Because they realise that everybody's watching them. And that's the reason they've done it. So they've not got great results, but they need to boost their stock price. So they go out and buy um, stocks in their own company in order to, to to get everybody to follow them because they're, they're, they're as I said, they're like the star, they're not the star fund managers, but the star directors, they're the poster people, the poster boys and girls of the PLC world, uh, the company world. And, and people look at them as rising stars um, and, and they actually have full belief in them. So that's one of the next ones. Um, what do you think for yourself? You know, do you read fun tips from the newspapers? Yeah, I think I was just going to say newspapers is probably the next thing. And I think yeah. um, you say like fun tips. If you, if you read about great fund um, and daily and week, weekend newspapers, uh, there's a fair chance that investment has been performing well in the past. And investment management groups are happy to promote these kind of funds. Um, so why, why, stop there. why do you think they're happy to promote these funds? They will, they're happy to promote these funds because obviously then the, I mean, how do I put this then? Um, well, they're obviously going to be happy. Yeah, because they're going to make, obviously, in the long run, they're going what to make money from that. Yeah. But, Whether that fund goes uh, up or down, Richard, they still make a commission. Regardless, they're going to make a, a yeah, they're going to make a fund in that. Um, managing the money. Look at my pension. Standard life make about 0.8% on my pension every single year, whether it goes up or down. Yeah, and that, that's what I said. Regardless of how it performs, I am like to say whether it goes up or it goes down, they're going to promote it because regardless, they're going to be making money. Yeah. Yeah. So be skeptical about what you read, as it may be a little more than a thinly disguised advertisement. Yeah. That's why they're trying to push it. So you have to you have to do a bit more background work on it. I used to buy a lot of money, a lot of stocks and shares and in Investor Chronicle. So I used to read Investor Chronicle all the time and I was right into stock market. Um, but, you know, I, now and again, I would take a leap of faith and, and it was based on Investor Chronicles um, and the magazine. And uh, they were talking about different companies and how well they're doing good and it's worth to buy stock in these companies and I'd buy stock in these companies and I'd lose my money. 
<laughs> now, because I was looking for short-term gains, I, I tell you what, there was one stock that I bought, and I never got a tip off of anybody, and it actually tripled my money in three months. But that's that's, that's a rare thing to happen. That's what yeah. bought my house in Spain, by the way. I'm sitting in just now. I've <laughs> <laughs> just got to say where you're sitting right now. But like, mm -hmm. Jim, would you say that's a rare thing to happen, or is it down to because you knew what you were doing at the time? I worked closely with this company. Mm -hmm. And I had to double and triple check that it wasn't an, an it wasn't a conflict, and mm -hmm. if I was going to buy stock in this company, and uh, the city said, no, you're fine, we're okay with that, um, you're okay to buy, you don't have you don't have that close uh, knowledge of the company in order to uh, in order to be a to conflict. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, and it made absolute sense to me. I phoned round hundreds of people and said, you need to buy stock in this if you're wanting to make money. Because I tell you what, it's going to rocket. It's going to rocket, and I could guarantee that. I'm putting in, I think it was about £40,000, maybe £60,000, actually. I'm putting 60000 in. That's how confident I was. And there was, you know, out of all these people, one person put twenty grand in. Uh -huh. And they, and then when I, when I went to sell... I, I felt obliged that I had I phoned them and I said, I am now selling because, and we'll talk about when you buy and sell yeah, and why that's important. I'm now selling because I think it's adequate for me. I am out with a huge capital gain. Luckily enough that year, I had quite good capital losses. I was able to offset it. So the taxation was brought down dramatically. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was a classic example of it. So it's, it's, the the tips I got from other people never really worked, but the tips I knew myself uh, because I knew I had knowledge and I had experience and I knew that industry quite well um, was where I actually where I actually uh, thrived. Hence the reason why they have a lot of employee ownership companies, so they allow people to you know Guinness is a classic example. Elaine when she was with United Distillers, um, she got up, offered the opportunity of of buying into the employee share scheme. <laughs> I'm like. This is a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> like you can pump as much money in portable over the next five years into this up to a certain value, and they will either give you your money back with interest on it, or they will give you the share price at that time if it's more, if you want to do that. And I'm like, this is a no-brainer. That's uh, a win-win. <laughs> I exactly. So I was like, get and, and at that time we weren't able to put the maximum amount in, but we put in enough that we knew because we saw this as a great opportunity to make money. Yeah. And effectively, that's what it was. And because it was an employee share ownership scheme, uh, and, and it was a no-brainer, it was guaranteed money at the end of the five years anyway, with your interest on it, um, or you can buy the shares, uh, are even worth, if they're worth even more. Um, so you couldn't lose on it. We we put as much as we could in at the time. Um, and it's it was this... all tax-free. Yeah, and it's, it's the money on the money thing. So that made absolute sense. So yeah. reading fun tips in newspapers, no great thing. Um, here's another thing thinking costs don't matter yeah. high fees this is the one I spoke about and charges are significantly reduced uh, significantly reduced the value of investments over long terms watch your pension funds watch the people that sign you up to pension funds your advisor make sure you look at the small print they are really required now they never used to be required before before the laws were changed the financial services authority they were they were they were not required to tell you how much they're making out of selling you that pension product 
now it goes for standard now you didn't know about this richard because you probably weren't around at that time in terms of the money markets but they were never required to tell you that and the same with mortgages as well so you never knew but now under the financial services and um, they are actually required to tell you by law how much money they're making if they if they invest your money in a pension on your behalf of the introductory amount and also sometimes there's inherent amounts over the next two or three years that they get as well for you staying in there so you may be putting ten thousand pound in to begin with but they might get a huge chunk of that in the beginning off of your money so watch out for these high fees and charges at the beginning and also through the long term as well that's why for me standard life is like 0.8 percent it's like no big deal and um, these these funds have been performing you knew yourself over the last 10 years that fund i'm invested in has performed 60 67 percent over yeah. the last 10 years for me 0.8 percent every single year is a fund management fees nothing in comparison to that makes it's, it's, it's a drop in the ocean so i'm quite happy because i'm then managing it it's it's like this it's like this robot situation i'm leaving somebody else that's adequate and doing what they're doing and i know it's tracking the footsies uh, the big blue chip companies like diageo like uh, glencore like uh, bat industries um, and also the pharmaceuticals like pfizer and um, and uh, galaxo so these are all the big hitters all the people that are regular good pension contributors all the time this is why the government doesn't want to upset these people because it has a knock-on effect to the pension companies and yeah. everybody's income overall so this is why this is why they're having this we flurry the now saying maybe we should be increasing interest rates to attract more investment maybe it'll affect all these companies the blue chip stocks and it'll affect all the pension providers which will affect our, our long-term pension um, uh, um provisions um, so that's what they worry about. So it's uh, again at the the macro level, uh, the micro level, and the macro level are completely different prospects in in, in terms of where that is. Um, okay. So an active manager has to be able to perform well after all the costs have been incurred. As well, investors would be better off by owning a cheaper, passively managed tracker fund, which is what I've got. Yeah. Um, make sure you know what you're paying for in any fund uh, you buy, and be happy that you're actually getting value for money. Yeah. In your opinion, what do you think? Next one, what's number five? Um, styles and size factors. And, and, and ignoring name is obviously the uh, quite a big pitfall. It's funny yeah. when I read through this, I look at some of the examples, it's quite funny because I didn't actually. Some of them I can't. I looked and I thought, I'm not really sure. But anyway. What's some of the examples in? Well, I think it's funny when I was looking through this. So if uh, you were still wearing kipper ties, which I'm a wee bit like a kipper tie, I'm not quite sure, but I'm sure you're aware. It's a massive bottom tip. So right, it goes down like that and it goes way out at the bottom. So right, now, now you have your pin ties and just go out a wee bit. Kipper ties are big, massive ones at the bottom. They were yeah. like they were like a kipper's tail. Oh, so that's where it comes to. Right, okay. But yeah, so if you were wearing kipper ties and bell-bottom jeans in the 1990s, then you were obviously out of fashion. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're, like you had your curtain like hair in, 19, in 1997 and paid a fortune for it, um, if, 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 if it paid fortune for it at the barbers, uh, you would still look at your place like nowadays, 2022, yeah. 2021. So it's obviously ignoring styles and factors is a big mistake. Um, yeah. And it's the same with any funds and investments. At times, certain types of funds are simply out of fashion. Um, so, for example, 
there have been times where demand for technology and funds has been non-existent and times when they have been the hottest since they have been since sliced, like sliced bread to use that to use that um this is where it comes to understanding why a fund is performing the way it is is crucial yeah, yeah. here's some classic examples yeah Black, blackberry yeah where is blackberry blackberry was there's a latest invention Motorola rolled it all out right around the world and then Blackberry bombed because Android came on the scene. Yeah. Um, and then Apple came up with their um, uh, technology as well for the iPhone. So basically it disappeared overnight. Blackberry is no longer existing yet. Look at how many people have poured money into that fund because they were absolutely sure that Blackberry would be the next revelation. Um, I'll tell you a classic, you know, you know how I know this, ignoring styles and factors? and also trends. I used to follow a company called Atari. Now, Atari was the original game makers. It came yeah, up with Atari. So Pong was the beep, 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 with the wee table tennis. That was it. That was Pong. Atari came out with that for the first time ever. It sold millions across the world. It made Atari millions. And then they moved into technology that was hugely advanced in terms of where Nintendo was. Atari actually turned around to Nintendo one day and went, nah, we're no one distributor out here, SNES, the NES. It's like, we didn't see that going anywhere. <laughs> so we don't want to distribute it. When, when Nintendo actually approached them and says, would you like, because Atari had a great distribution center, a great distribution channel right throughout the world, and that, that was a great marriage to happen. But they said no to Nintendo and said, no, 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 we know what we're doing. And Atari was technologically advanced. They were the cutting edge of everything. They had a 64-bit processor when Nintendo was actually on 16-bit, thinking about moving to 32-bit processor. Mm -hmm. Now, for anybody technology-wheel drives, they're going, oh, my God, that's, oh, that's brilliant. But that's only the geeks. And the geeks only make up a small proportion of the, of the people. And what, what they didn't fail to realize is they didn't appeal to the mass market, which is basically when Atari was producing 64-bit architecture on a wee thing called the Atari Lynx, right, mm -hmm. machine, um, Nintendo was rolling out a black and white thing on a Mario, on, on a wee a Game Boy. The Game Boy, yeah. Black and, white. and they were selling millions of this at the same price. Atari was on a 64-bit architecture, full color, 4,096 colors on the screen at the same time as Nintendo was wiping the floor of the Game Boy. So you have to understand trends. Ignoring styles and size factors is a big no-no. Yeah. You've got to make sure you're in with the crowd, the latest trends. Gary V talks about all the time. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about I, 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 looking at the latest trend. He talks about EFTs, uh, uh, you know, electronic fungible tokens, um, and how that's going to take over the world. Now, there's loads of people getting into electronic fungible EFTs, um, but but it's just like the double glazing industry. There's there's only going to be one big hitter here. Um, there's going to be a huge amount of casualties, but there's money getting pumped left, right, centre into people doing AFTs now. Um, it was the same with crypto. You know, all different types of crypto, money getting pumped everywhere. And there was only really one crypto was Bitcoin. That was it. Bitcoin, really. yeah. It was just pie in the sky stuff. Um, and nobody realised how that was going and where it was going. And so it's, it, it's clear that you don't ignore um, the size, the styles and the size factors in any single thing that you're doing investing-wise. Next one for me, this is probably where I, where, I, where I was originally. 
Been, and you just spoke about that, Jim, recently. Just been short term. Yeah. So short term. We've just looked at that, haven't we? It's yeah. easy to look at this again and look at this in a scenario where we are here and say to ourselves, look at the one day. Um, it's like when, when it was there, that short term, look at that. In the space of two hours, the market plunged in terms of the currency market. In the space of the FTSE, when you look at the FTSE as well, and you're looking at that, in the space of um, the five days, it's plummeted mm -hmm. short term. But if you look at it in the long term, oh, my God. Imagine yeah. if you had invested your money all the way throughout here. Even here, we'll talk about the tops and the bottoms, but even yeah. here, you're still making a return every year. But when it goes down to here, you're still investing here as well because you're doing it. You're doing it consistently. So you're getting investing here, 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 here. So you're getting the, the lows as well as the highs all the way through. So when you come out to the end, your fund isn't just here, it's a way up here. Yeah. Because you've got you've got the lows as well now. You're getting from here to here in terms of your money and your return. So your return's a lot higher than what the FTSE's returning because you're investing here as well. Make sense? Yeah. So Periods when markets fell sharply, and we'd looked at that being in the 2000 to 2002, 2007, 2009, yeah. and the early 2020s. I'll be honest, when the market dropped in, you know, um, in, in the 9-11 incident, and it dropped to 3,200, I ran and bought a hell of a lot of stock mm -hmm. um, at 3,200 because I knew straight away that in two, or, in two or three years, maybe four or five years, 10 years, this will double again in value. So I just ran in and bought because I knew that was the case where everybody else says, the economy is going to collapse. We're going to all fall apart. Well, it's not. It won't. Over the long term, it won't. It'll just recover back. It was. Look at the credit crunch. If we still had the credit crunch thinking, we wouldn't be any further forward. But look at where we are now in comparison to where the credit crunch was. Huge difference. Property price in the last 20 years have gone up 170%. Inflation has gone up 70 Property prices have increased by 100% in real terms. We can't keep up with that in terms of our investment and our money. But even when that's gone up 100%, it's, we've been paid to wait while it's gone up in rent. Hello, McFly. <laughs> Anybody there? Anybody listening? It's like, why would you not think long term? So it's always long term. Buffett talks about this. Warren Buffett talks about this all the time. Do not panic in the short term. Look at the long-term gains that you will get as a result of where you are. And invest for the long term. Don't look at it in the short term. It feel very... I mean, you, looking back, the small blocks were nothing, weren't they? Um, long-term performance charts that we've just looked at showed huge gains in terms of where we are. Um, panicking when markets fall and selling your investments means that you won't benefit here it is. We'll go back to this and show you. Look at this in the FTSE. Panicking. It's easy to panic. Panic when this starts to fall and you sell at this point. This is where I'm buying, by the way. So you're selling yours when you bought it up here to me when I'm down here. So when it yeah. goes up, I get this full gain. But you start to buy back up here when it's going up and you've got nothing. You've actually lost all this and I've got your gain. Cause yeah, and then... If you go back, go back to the one day, Jim, and, and, and look how easy it could be for the media and things to cause panic. 
Nice. Within looking at, to break it down, and, and it'd be easy to look at that and start to panic without really knowing to look at the bigger picture over the longer term. Oh, yeah, the hills. but you know, do you know this? Look, 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 look this 706. This morning, oh, where is it now? 6985. Do you know that's 60? That's 75 points, it's just dropped. <laughs> And it looks, it looks like a mask drop, it doesn't like it? It's, it looks like it's crashed. Totally That's crashed down point. over the course of the day, yeah. It's only 0.47. Yeah. It's nothing. Look at the long term. Oh, my God. I can retire. What's that, 537.17? Look yeah. at the people that start in 1984 and are retiring in 2024, 50 years later. Look at the children that you've taken out a pension fund for when they were born yeah. in 50 years' time, their pension fund there is now here with all the returns on it. Yeah. This is why it's important to take out pensions for your children at birth in the right funds. And personally for me, it's UK equities with Standard Life, but that's just my opinion and that's what's worked for me and that's what's worked for my children as well. Just put as much as you can in, as much as you can afford, and the government tops it up for your children by the lower rate tax as well. So if you put 2,880 in at maximum, they will top it up to 3,600. You're even getting a 20% uplift, and you're getting the fund uplift as well, and you're getting the dividend as well from the company and the fund. And that's the money on the money. That's That's mental. And you're making, you're exactly right, Richard. You're making money on the investment and the money that's been reinvested yeah. in the fund all the time. So do not think short term like I did when I was buying shares back when I was reading Investors Chronicle. Can I make a quick gain? Can I make a quick buck? This is long term, short, long, medium to long term, every single time. Have your strategies. Make sure you're liquid as well, by the way. We'll maybe talk about that on another show about your diversification of your income. Make sure you're liquid enough to be able to weather any storms in any of these sectors. I mean, in gold and silver and crypto and, and stocks and property and cash and bonds and gilts, all these different things you can have over there. But make sure you've proportionally got them split up into the right categories so you can weather a storm in one of these markets because they won't all go down at once. They don't. It's just it's cause and effect because what happens is one goes down, everybody takes their money out of that and puts it into one of the other sectors you're in. So that one goes up. I always believe it's a great phrase. I love it. Every dog has their day. Yeah. And every single market has their day as well. Every single investment has their day as well. And every single business has their day as well. You've just got to hang in there long enough. It always goes around, comes around. Every yeah. single time. What's the seventh one then that we're going to talk about? I think the, the seventh one is confusing good investment ideas uh, with good marketing. Um, mm. And that's something to watch out for. What's that? What's all that about then? Well, obviously, humans, I mean, we all enjoy a good story. So it's natural for yeah. like fund managers and things to promote their fund, telling you that it's going to make you money from a particular trend or... Um, but inevitability though, inevitably though, um, others have already thought the same and the investments in that sector or market may not be 
uh, far too expensive compared to the profits. Um, so they are ex the profits yeah. that they're expecting yeah. to produce. So, um, and personally, they need to have more people um, invested in that fund to make it economical uh, to to get the to get the economies of scale. So, in other words, um, you know, the people who are actually working on the fund are getting paid. Um, yeah. So we have to have more money in this and more fees coming out. Could you imagine if Standard Life then just had a fund which is worth a hundred thousand and they were only getting 0.8 percent every single time? So they're actually getting 800 quid. How are they going to employ somebody to run that fund? They can't. So that's why you have to have big, huge investment funds and in, and in, in, in huge amounts of money in order to keep these people employed. I mean, <laughs> it's a topical subject to now. Who's going to pay these bankers bonuses? <laughs> you get, I mean, it's 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 I, it's terrible. It's it's deplorable as far as I'm concerned. Taking away, you know, the ceiling on bankers bonuses, but it's it's here to stay whether you like it or no. And you just have to live with it. And you can moan about it all the time, but it's not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to annoy you. It's going to drain your energy, and it's. It's not productive for you at all, for Unifam. Use your energy on something else more productive. So yes, confusing a good investment ideas with good marketing is a classic example. And um, is that, you know, I come back to saying is they're on the show or they're on that particular podcast or whatever to, to promote a certain thing um, or promote a certain investment strategy or they want other people to invest with them. They're there maybe to promote their book that they've got. They're maybe there to promote their event that they've got coming up. Um, so you've got to be very sceptical. However, that doesn't mean to say I don't read uh, about people that do things like that. I listen to Diary of a CEO every now and again. I pick up really good information for that. And and while I love these fund managers and I love what they do, I would never go into it, but you get nuggets. You get gold nuggets out of their, their experience and their expertise, which is applicable to what you're doing right now. Um, I always say stick to your knitting. You know, um, stick to your knitting. Do what you do extremely well. Just do it better than everybody else. Do exceptional, uh, really world-class level. And, and that is the people who make the most money in that industry that you're possibly in. It's the people that do exceptionally well at that. It's like an Olympic athlete. You know, you know, like women Hercules or something like that. That's the level you've got to do it. But that comes at a price. And if you're prepared to pay that price, then you will be successful in anything you're doing in whatever you want to do. Um, you're either going to pay the price now or you're going to pay it later. later. But I yeah. tell you what, <laughs> the bill from regrets a lot more than, <laughs> than the invoice that you're getting now, right now to do, yeah. what you, to do the work. So put the work in now, invest in your time now. And it's for the future and it will come back to to, to benefit you. And you know, cast out, I think it's in the Bible or something somewhere. It's a great expression. Cast out bread upon the waters and it will come back tenfold. Um and, and literally that's what happens. You know, you, you know, so dare I say it's the 10x, that's probably where it's nicked from. <laughs> that's probably where they got that 10x from Cardone. Yeah. It's like it's probably from the Bible. Uh, Bibles, I, I tell you what, you know. I'm not talking to anybody religious out there or anything like that. We're not promoting religion on the show. But the Bible's got a lot of great analogies and a lot of great stories which actually which actually are completely relevant to today yeah, yeah. in terms of investment and compounding and wealth creation. You, you wouldn't believe it's the, the knowledge that's in there that you could actually get and, and which will actually benefit, be beneficial to you 
in the in the long term. We talk about long term all the time. So yeah. don't confuse good investment ideas with good marketing. Um, definitely do that. Definitely don't do that. Um, it, it, I mean, it's far too expensive um, compared to the profits that are expected to produce to invest in funds like that. That's not to say there aren't good long-term trends in markets, but be cautious that you've been sold on what we call trigger booms uh, or a trigger broom. Trigger uh, a trigger, a trigger broom is EFTs. You know, Gary B's on there going all the time about the EFTs, fungible tokens, and all the rest of it. But it just so happens Gary V has actually got his own fungible tokens. And um, so it's clearly obvious that he's actually trying to promote his fungible tokens, his EFTs. Um, and he says he's going to be the one standing at the end of it all. And I've every belief he is because he's he's got the audience. So this is this is this is good marketing, right? Good investment. Yeah. So you've got to work out is this really a good investment or is it good marketing? Uh, personally, for me, I think it's just good marketing, and time will tell. Um, but that's for everybody else to decide. I get a lot of good information, and knowledge of people doing these things and how they do them, because it, it, it then think, oh, can I adapt that wee thing to what I'm doing, and can I use that knowledge? Um, it's like watching, it's like watching a, a professional cameraman on on a, maybe a show. I'm, I, I, I do that sometimes in films, and you, you, classic example is the Jaws. You know when they go right into the guy. Yeah. And it's like nobody had ever done that before. And now you get that quite a lot in a lot of films that everybody uses. But it's a great shot. And uh, and I think, wow, that's brilliant. And then the other one when they come right out as well now and they put the dramatic music in it. And I think, wow, could I actually put that in a video somewhere in terms of what we're doing? And that's yeah. why we get the dramatic shots going in and out from the, you know, the in shot, the out shot from the beginning and then the in shot um, at the end or, or vice versa. And then the close-ups and stuff like that. So that's where that's where that's taken from, and um, all these different things because it, it adds drama um, to video footage and, and film footage. Um, so next one for me, I would say is uh, not understanding who you are. So what do I mean by that? Well, are you willing and able for your investment to fall in value in the short term in order? for it to grow over a long period of time. And that's what we've just looked at. Yeah. This is what we're talking about here. This is this. This is yep. this. You can be panicking in the short term here, and you shouldn't panic. If you buy up here and it starts to drop dramatically, for God's sake, it's going to recover over the long term. See it here. Look, 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 it's recovered. So here it's sitting at 6.9, and here it's sitting at, what, we're round about the 7.5? 7.5. Seven five, uh, but but here as well though, even though the FTSE is at that level, it's still got all the returns it made on it, all the dividends that were paid into the pension funds, which is round about four and five, four and a half percent every single year. So you've got that, but you you've got the increase in the share part value, but you've also got the increase in the dividend that was in in there as well. So literally, FTSE pays you a weight while you well as well. Just in, for my opinion, it's not as well as property, but but time will tell. Um, well, time has told anyway, doesn't it? Because yeah. <laughs> I suppose we could put 20 years. Um, so 20 years, there's 2000, in the year 2000, uh, there's uh, 3, 000, uh, 6,300, and we're sitting right here at 6,900, about 7,000. So that's moved up 700 points in 20 years from 6,9, which is round about, what, 10%? Yeah? Yeah. Property has moved up 170 percent. 
Hello. <laughs> so that gives perspective. So understanding yeah. who you are um, and, and thinking about it, or, or would a few months of falling share prices make you worry too much? Um, knowing yourself and your approach to investing is something that is important to do. Um, if you don't, you risk making investments you will probably regret in the future, I yeah. would say, definitely. Um, just because it's the right investment for your friend, it doesn't mean to say it's the right investment for you. So yeah. know thyself is probably the key important thing here. Uh, I would say definitely. Um, because you might be a personality which is quite volatile, which is like quite emotionally led, which is like, you know, and it's like, oh my God, the foots has dropped. It's like panic, sell, buy, sell, buy. What's going to happen if it stays like that for three years? I'm not going to get my money out. And it's like, I'm, you know, it's like, oh, didn't invest it. Uh, that's why I say property, uh, being a landlord's not for the faint hearted. You're probably no. better being an investor in property. So you're better letting a letting agent do it for you. Because I tell you what, being a landlord is definitely not for the faint hearted. You're literally no, you're literally just a social worker at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I'll vouch for that. I've done uh, both. Being a, being a passive investor is probably a lot easier. Um, yeah, uh, next one. What would you say, Richard, number nine? Your portfolio. And looking at your portfolio too often. Um, as, as something that you should be wary of. Guilty of charge, your honour. <laughs> I mean, obviously, and obviously it's a thing I know that everybody does and you can become a wee bit obsessed with it, but you need to be able to, like you say, if you are not a, one of these landlords who are too, obviously, uh, hands-on and try and be an investor and put trust in an agent or, or people to look after it for you, being able to view your investments, um, investment online offers, uh, you the ability to analyse lots of interesting and useful information about your portfolio, but yeah. uh, what you hold and how they are doing. But looking at your portfolio too frequently can be a bit pointless. Uh, and if you're a long-term investor um, and you're risk-making, you're risk-making unnecessary trades or, or, yeah. or decisions uh, if it's your property portfolio and things, which could cost you uh, and your portfolio money. Um, so. Although I would still advise, make time to properly review your portfolio and your investments every maybe six months to a year. But between that, let your funds within your portfolio do the hard work. See the amount of time that people come to us and say, we've sold our portfolio because we want to diversify into another another area of property. And I'm like, oh my God, I know. It's like you've sold off stuff I'll appreciate anyway, regardless yeah. over time. It's just that it's known fashion right now. For the long term, and these properties now that they've sold at 40 and 50 grand in a three year period have gone up to about 90 grand. Yeah. I, you I probably know. know the people I'm talking about. I do. But I literally just so I'll sell off all my two bedroom flats, my one bedroom flats, and I'll just buy good big properties and houses. And I'm like, see the entry and exit costs in comparison to the appreciation that you would get. You've lost, you've lost a huge amount of money. That's why they say about Trump, if you're taking his dad's money, because he did go, it's his dad that made all the money, let's be honest. He never made any of that money. If he's taking his dad's money and putting it into a fund, the fund would have made more money than he's got the now in property. Yeah. Hello. It's like all he's made money in is his brand and everybody's followed that. See what I mean about this? The, 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 you know, the market inside, the market inside it, really. <laughs> the charlatan, the market, the market yeah. inside. Yeah, he's no daft. He's caught into trends. I'm reading about that now in uh, Rory's book about mm -hmm. you know, the clever thing that Trump did was clever marketing and strategy. 
and and how you would logic would defy the fact that this guy would ever win so how the hell did he win and that's what i'm reading up about the now um and how that happened and um, so look at looking at your portfolio too often i'm really guilty of that every single morning i look at the FTSE. every single morning i look at the currency market and um, so that's why I, I look at that because then it puts me down into the, the reality i know it doesn't matter anyway it's just a yeah. bit formed um, probably the final one for me is that the, oh here's the classic is the this is the one i've referred to at the very beginning trying to time the market the time in the market is the most important thing than the timing the market so the time in the market is more important than timing the market warren buffett one of the richest guys in the world yeah talks about this every single time it's the length of time in the market it's not the short-term gains that you make he's a big investor in terms of long-term wealth and creation and dividends and investing in the right sectors that will steal biotech you know um bar industries which let's be honest it's tobacco and, and vape and that's what they own um glencore exploration we're always needing that um the um the the, the drinks industry Diageo, we always need the drinks industry people yeah. drink that's a reality and that's never going to change premium spirits and beers it make really good margins but make really good really good consistent returns every single year that's why yeah. these are good blue chip stocks to be in and um, so buying in at the right time makes no difference if you're investing for 30 or 40 years it makes yeah. no difference at all because in 30 or 40 years it'll be different i bought diageo stocks at uh, we bought it, i think at two pound a share and by the time we exited diageo stocks they were five pound a share in five years um and we got the dividends as well we invested as part of the stock so we made we doubled our money in five years yeah that's a good return uh, guaranteed you couldn't lose you just get your money yeah. back with your interest if you wanted it so timing time time in the market is more important than the time in the market try to buy trying to buy and sell the investments because you because you've heard that the share price is looking high or low or cheap or expensive is very hard thing to do and it's something professional investors find it hard to do consistently staying invested even if it feels uncomfortable is normally a sensible strategy um that's probably the best advice i can give anyone it will go up over time in the short term you can't think short term when you come to invest in, in, in markets you can't look for the exit point this is what i talk about here it's like you know at what exit point were you going to predict how can you predict this market oh i'm going to sell here how did you know it was going to go to there and drop you won't so you know, you won't you know, yeah and i bought here and i bought here but i also bought here and i bought here and i bought here and i bought here and, yeah. I bought here. and my children bought here but they also bought here as well so their fund bought all the places all the way up and down here um, and that's that's the key. Don't try to predict it. Mistakes are part of investing. By learning from your mistakes, you become a better investor. But it can be hard and it can feel uncomfortable at times. Hang in there for the long term. There are plenty of articles around to tell you all this information. Richard, your final words will finish off there. Yeah, I think, as you say, Jim, there is plenty of articles and people out there. But the good thing about, I think, the points that we've covered today, all 10 of these uh, potential mistakes are here they're on our youtube channel you can watch it back but for me it's um learn from others other people's mistakes 
and I think as as well, don't be too hung up on the short term. Be prepared to obviously for the long term for investment, especially property investment. Yeah, long term, medium and long term, every single yeah. time. Always pays dividends if you're in the right yeah. sector. They're always really safe bets. Safe bets. Remember, I said that. Safe bet, easy bet. Uh, until next week's wealth creation show, guys. It's bye bye from us. Bye bye from him. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> right, bye.